Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. House Republicans voted today to remove GOP conference chair Liz Cheney from her leadership position, but they're already claiming it never happened. From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. On today's show, Seth chats with Stacey Abrams. But first, a closer look. House Republicans voted to remove Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney from her leadership position today for the crime of not showing sufficient loyalty to Donald Trump. For more on this, it's time for a closer look. Liz Cheney is among the very last people in the world I want to side with. For one thing, I doubt we have much in common. I've never been to Wyoming, and I have no plans to go there. Not because it isn't beautiful, which I'm sure it is, but as a New Yorker, if there isn't a bodega within a five-minute walking distance where I can get batteries, deodorant, a single roll of toilet paper, and egg and cheese on a roll, and hear people complain about de Blasio in multiple languages, I can't live there. I can't sleep unless my upstairs neighbor is practicing the flugelhorn and Someone outside is yelling, Christy says she's going to meet us there. (laughs) Christy. More importantly, Cheney helped lay the groundwork for Trumpism and the authoritarian Republican Party that exists today. She defended illegal torture and lied about it, championed the Iraq war, and in one TV interview pointedly refused to denounce the racist lie that President Obama wasn't a United States citizen, a lie, of course, that was central to Donald Trump's political rise. One of the reasons I think you see people so concerned about this, I think that, you know, this issue is people are are uncomfortable with uh, having, for the first time ever, I think, a president who seems so reluctant to defend the nation overseas. We've seen this again and again and again, where this president seems to sort of want to well, what, what create does that moral have to, equivalence. I think it are you makes saying people, because he's a Kenyan? No, I'm not saying that. No, I'm saying that people are fundamentally uncomfortable, and they're fundamentally, I think, increasingly uncomfortable <laughs> with an American president who seems to be afraid to defend America. Yeah, sure. Obama was afraid to defend America. The guy you supported in 2016 bragged about exchanging beautiful letters and falling in love with Kim Jong-un and got a soccer ball as a gift from Vladimir Putin like an eight-year-old at his first Christmas with his new stepdad. Wow, check it out, Mom. Soccer ball is way better than an Xbox. (laughs) 
And sure, Cheney later issued a statement saying she had no questions about Obama's birth certificate, but you don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to go on TV and defend birthers and quietly issue a mealy mouth statement condemning birthers. We all know what you're doing. It's like when I'm at a dinner party bragging about how much I got laid in college and then later on the drive home, I tell my wife I was just kidding, that I was a virgin until we met. That's why I'm so bad at sex, remember? And then she very sweetly says, I do remember. Cheney even stood by Trump in 2016 after the Access Hollywood tape with the Associated Press reporting that Cheney said Trump's comments are appalling, but Hillary Clinton's actions are far worse. Cheney says Clinton's handling of emails as Secretary of State put her self-interest above national security. I don't know, for my money, bus pervert is worse than lax email security, but worst of all is a bus pervert with lax email security. Hey, can I uh, take your picture for my private photo collection? No one's ever gonna see it. It's Password protected, and the password is one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Everyone get that? So Cheney cheered on illegal torture and disastrous wars, helped pave the way for Trump, and stood by him throughout the 2016 election and his first impeachment. But she's not being punished for any of that. She's being punished for acknowledging the reality that Trump lost in 2020 and that there was no widespread fraud and for criticizing him for inciting a violent insurrection to overturn the results. Living in reality should be the bare minimum for holding public office, and yet today's GOP is so bad crazy, simply living in reality is considered heresy, which is why today House Republicans voted to remove Cheney from her leadership position because she had the temerity to admit the Trump lost. House Republicans pushed out Congresswoman Liz Cheney as the number three ranked member of GOP leadership. According to a member in the room, as the vote happened, Cheney was booed when she criticized the former president in her opening remarks. Just like that, it's over. The House Republican conference had a voice vote. That means no recorded total and has ousted Liz Cheney from her number three position within the conference. I uh, am absolutely committed, as I said last night, uh, as, as I said just now to my colleagues, uh, that we must go forward uh, based on truth. We cannot both uh, embrace the big lie and embrace the Constitution. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. All right, first of all, I don't think you need to worry about Trump getting anywhere near the Oval Office again. Even if he avoids criminal prosecution, runs again in 2024 and wins, I doubt he'd ever even leave Mar-a-Lago. He seems to be enjoying his new life there as the world's worst wedding DJ. The couple has requested midnight train to Georgia, and based on the election, I'll tell you what was on that midnight train, folks. Fraudulent ballots for Sleepy Joe, because at 11, 11.30, I'm winning Georgia, and then the clock strikes midnight. Toot toot, here comes the fraud train. Now I'm losing. With all that, again, a second wedding reference where I showed restraint and did not do Vince Vaughn. The meetings are working. <laughs> Vinceaholic Venonymous. <laughs> with, <all that, laughs> with all that said, it's truly unnerving that the only person in GOP leadership who will suffer any consequences from the big lie and the January 6th insurrection that resulted from it is the one person who was willing to speak out against it. The ringleaders of the insurrection, the Ted Cruz's and Paul Gosar's and Josh Hawley's of the world are walking away scot-free. Even Mitt Romney was apparently so furious at Hawley on the day of the insurrection. He screamed at Hawley, you have caused this. Now, I know there's one school of thought that you have to be a real heel to get someone as calm as Mitt Romney to yell at you, but I'm also willing to bet that off camera, my man Mitt does a lot of yelling. And I bet he's strong too, like real strong.
And I bet if you and your crew and neighborhood toughs surrounded him on the bus and said stuff like, what's the matter, milk breath? You don't like how loud we are? I bet he would say, no, I, I don't want trouble, boys. But I bet the next time a bus goes through the dark tunnel, all you hear are punches and grunts. When it emerges, it's just five kids on a pile. And I bet it's just Mitt repomating his hair. And when he gets off at his stop, he says to the driver, I was never here. That's what I bet. <laughs> Call your bookie. Anyway, only Liz Cheney will face consequences simply for living in reality and criticizing Trump's big lie that the election was stolen, which I have to say is a little surprising coming from a party that claims to believe so passionately in free expression. In fact, in his statement announcing today's vote, GOP House Leader Kevin McCarthy said, in one paragraph, these internal conflicts need to be resolved. It's clear that we need to make a change. And then in the next paragraph, Unlike the left, we embrace free thought and debate. You guys are the ones purging someone from GOP leadership for questioning party dogma. You're like Dorothy, the end of Wizard of Oz. It turns out the cancel culture you were looking for was right there inside you all along. So as we saw from today's vote, the party is fully committed to Donald Trump as its leader. It has no core beliefs, no core ideology, other than the big lie that the election was stolen and that any wins by Democrats are illegitimate. That's why Republicans in a dozen states have already implemented draconian voter suppression laws with Arizona joining them just yesterday. And at least 404 voting restriction bills have now been introduced in 48 state legislatures, including laws that would limit mail, early in-person and election day voting with such constraints as stricter ID requirements, limited hours, or narrower eligibility to vote absentee. If Republicans had their way, voting would be as difficult and confusing as parking in Midtown Manhattan, no parking, Except for alternate Wednesdays and months ending in Z between the hours of 4 and 5 a.m. during leap years, please note this sign was written on opposite day, psych. Spent a lot of time deciding how to spell psych on that sign. <laughs> and we would just ask you all to check in with our very popular digital exclusive corrections, <laughs> which is available online and is a huge hit. Huge hit. Uh, that's what they're going to air instead of the Golden Globes next year. <laughs> and that's because the GOP has calculated that it simply cannot move on from Donald Trump, that no matter how unpopular and destructive he is for the country, they can't succeed as a party without him. Lindsey Graham was even surprisingly honest about this on Fox News last week. I would just say to my Republican colleagues, can we move forward uh, without President Trump? The answer is no. I've always liked Liz Cheney, but she's made a determination that the Republican Party can't, can't grow with President Trump. I've determined we can't grow without him. If you don't get that as a Republican, you're making the biggest mistake in the history of the Republican Party. The reason our party is growing with minorities and with working men and women is because President Trump appears to be on the side of people working really hard. He's on the side, people working really hard. And yeah, I work really hard every weekend at my Meemaw's antique store, and she ain't on my side at all. I'm sorry I broke that lamp, Meemaw, but stop saying it was a relic from the Ming Dynasty. Because Ronald McDonald was on that lamp. He wasn't around then. Donald Trump is not on the side of people working really hard. He's on the side of people working really hard for him. And even then, he's not even on their side enough to pay them. Rudy Giuliani doesn't have enough money to cover his legal fees, and I bet he's still out there trying to dig up dirt on Joe Biden, going country to country. Boss, I'm in Chile. You'll never believe what I found. Sir, would you like to order some appetizers? Oh, Rudy, you've done it again. 
Liz Cheney is as responsible as anyone else in GOP leadership for Trump's rise. This is not about heralding her as a hero because she isn't one. It's about the GOP's hard turn against democracy. She's being punished simply for pointing out that Trump lost and that his claim that he won is a big lie. Republicans have made the calculation that their party can't grow without President Trump, even if democracy can't grow with President Trump. This has been A Closer Look. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Our guest is a voting rights organizer, former Georgia state representative, and best-selling author. Her new book, While Justice Sleeps, is available now. Please welcome back to the show, Stacey Abrams. Hello, Stacey. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Your book is called While Justice Sleeps. Last time you were here, it was right before the runoffs in Georgia, uh, both the candidates you were supporting won, and we talked about you sleeping and I'm just wondering if you managed to take a celebratory nap at the end of those runoff elections. I did indeed, uh, but I woke up to voter suppression coming back in force, so I may not do another nap for a while. You are a very busy person, and uh, while we uh, greatly appreciate your efforts in trying to stop the tide of voter suppression laws that are obviously a huge problem right now, you also have time uh, to write books. This is very exciting because this is not your first novel, but it is your first novel with your actual name on it. You've written under a pen name before. I'm wondering, obviously you knew you were the author of those books. Was it different writing a book knowing that everyone who picked it up would know it was written by the Stacey Abrams? No, I think what was different was knowing people might care. Uh, when I wrote the first eight novels, Selena Montgomery was much more exciting than Stacey Abrams. And so I'm glad that people will actually pick up a book because my name is on it instead of despite my name being on it. This is an idea that you came up with 10 years ago and, and publishers passed on it then. What was it, did the times change? Did the circumstances change? Were people just more excited that you wanted to put your name on a book? What changed that made this book uh, a book for today? When I first proposed the book and had written it, I had a corrupt president who was involved in international intrigue and a swing justice on the Supreme Court who may decide the fate of the world. And that was dismissed as being too absurdist and not quite contemporary enough. So, you know, we had some intervening activities between 2008 and 2020. And so the book, the book suddenly seemed relevant. We uh, talked about uh, Queen's Gambit last time you were on the show and, and how wonderful that television show is, there is a chess element in this as well. You want to make it clear, you had your chess element 10 years ago. I did. I did. Started writing this in 2008, long before <laughs> I knew of The Queen's Gambit. I also want to ask about this. You have, uh, I believe, is it five siblings? Is that right? Yes. And uh, they work in very uh, diverse fields, professional fields, and yet they all give you feedback on your books. Is this feedback that you are open to? Do you like having siblings like this? I am grateful to them when I ask. I am sometimes grateful when they answer. Uh, but <laughs> they are, they're incredible 
phalanx of really smart people and it's much cheaper than having to pay an expert to tell you things. It's faster than Google. You get immediate feedback. You can ask more questions, refine the issues, and you don't have to press one or two to get to you know, an operator. They just answer when I call. And, and let's just, so you have a federal judge in the family? That's correct? I do. Uh, is it a biologist? Yes, yeah, so Janine is an evolutionary biologist. Uh, these are very uh, helpful uh, fields for the kinds of books you're writing. Social worker, an uh, anthropologist. Yeah, we've, we've, we run the gamut. Is it true? I believe, was it the social worker that talked you out of a car chase? Yes, he cut my scene. I was, I'm I thought it was fun, but he, <laughs> he, he literally thought the scene took too long, so. Oh, he thought it was just, he just wanted you to get to the, what was happening. Exactly. And you're, I will say, I love a good char car chase, um, but more on film. Uh, yes. Then when I'm reading a car chase, I kind of want to see it a little bit. So I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna side with your brother on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys also have a family book club. Uh, is this a deal where everybody actually reads the books? We do, uh, and we can tell if you haven't. So what happens is we set a deadline for doing the book club, and then someone calls one of us will call to call our older sister who's responsible for convening us. And somebody has to come up with an excuse for why they didn't get it done this week. You don't want to be the person who does it every time. So you'll have this like phone tree of, well, I did it last time. I, and then we get Andrea to give us permission to put off the book club for another week. <laughs> your, uh, your mom, uh, a librarian back in the day, yes. correct? Is, correct? Does she participate as well? She does not. So it's just a sibling book club. And we've heard about the fact that we are just a sibling book club and we don't include my mother. Uh, so please don't bring it up. <laughs> Is this an active choice to not have her participate? What do you think would go wrong if she was there? There are six of us who have a robust conversation and we read varying degrees of books and we don't circumscribe our language always in our discussion about plot points. My mother went from being a librarian to being a pastor. So I will let you infer from there why there might be a problem with having her on the call the whole time. Hey, um, I, you know, you've been a guest on this show a lot, and um, I was very touched by uh, something in the book uh, because uh, I know you're not on uh, only this late night show. You've also been on Stephen Colbert, of whom I'm a great fan. And uh, this is really cool. Uh, in the book, it says, Nigel rocks slowly. The president wasn't pleased with my press conference. I'm booked on Colbert for tonight's broadcast, and also Seth Meyers. And I just thought it was so cool that you mentioned us as well. Um, <laughs> meant the world to me. I would have been, because my feelings would have obviously been hurt if it would have been just like sort of exclusive to Steven. You're anticipating, look, there's gonna be a show about the book. You, for, you assume that I was just gonna put both of you in competition. <laughs> I like to keep things separate. Well, this is true. I wanna talk about this as well. The, uh, the book is, uh, and we just found out today, uh, going to be a television show. Is that uh, something that you had ever thought possible when you were first sitting down to write it? No, I, I mean, look, I was surprised somebody finally published it. So getting a TV show in this century is awesome. Uh, but no, I, I love television, as you know, and I'm just very excited that Working Title and Universal are excited about doing this with me. I feel like one uh, difference between this visit uh, to you on our show and previous times is your backdrop now seems very professional to me. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've seen you a lot in your home, uh, maybe in sort of a nondescript office, and now this is very showbiz. It's amazing. The minute your book gets optioned, look at your backdrop. <laughs> I, 
I've also been double vaxxed, man, so I can go outside. <laughs> um, is there any, uh, can you tell us any reason um, to not be uh, pessimistic and depressed about how effectively um, Republican state legislatures seem to be passing voter suppression bills? I think we should be concerned, we should pay attention, but we've also been very effective. We've seen some of the worst pieces come out of those bills. And even though they continue to pass, more and more people are aware of it. And we still have time for Congress to take action. The Senate's working on it right now. And I believe that we can actually have democracy that is free and fair and accessible to all. So I'm gonna keep pushing. Uh, you have been, we've shown clips of you here, uh, very effective when you've uh, gone in front of uh, Senate committees, when you've gone in front of House committees. Um, how much preparation do you have to put into those appearances and how much of it is just uh, at this point, you know your stuff and, and there's nothing to worry about? I, I'm generally up to speed. You know, Before I did the last Senate appearance, I did ask my team to give me as much detail as they could. Luckily, I was able to uh, retain that information in time for some questions that wanted sort of a list of challenges. Uh, but I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to the Fair Fight team. They keep me well prepped. I mean, they're like my siblings, only we pay them to do their work. When you, now that you are known as obviously not just an advocate for voting rights, but also as an author of fiction, do you feel like people in D.C. are now a little worried that if they behave in a way that is uh, both bad and memorable, they will become fictionalized in, in one of your books? Given that my colleagues at the state legislature occasionally found themselves in the book and the current speaker of the House uh, for the Georgia House is in While Justice Sleeps, he knew about it 10 years ago. He's still in there. I just warn people, you may be in the book and you might die. <laughs> that's, that's very nice. But that doesn't necessarily mean now if someone is represented in one of your books and they die, that sometimes is just you serving the plot. That is not a negative Absolutely. comment on their personality. Absolutely. Or they were in the car chase and they got cut out. So there you go. Yeah, a fate worse than death is yes. getting cut out, which thank God didn't happen to me because I made it in the book. There it is right there. Proof. Yep. <laughs> See, it's so great. Um, <laughs> What, uh, where do you do your writing? Because I feel like that's the thing that is most uh, interesting to people who can't believe that anyone could sit down and write a book. What is your perfect situation? So I have a, a secretary desk. Uh, you pull it out and it lays flat. Put my laptop on top and start writing or my dining room table. Uh, depends on how good the light is, whether I can actually get to the desk because it's covered with stuff. Wherever my computer will fit, that is where I sit to write. And when you write, do you tend to do a lot at once or are you someone who grabs an hour here or there? Or, or I, Because I find I need a lot of uninterrupted time just to percolate. I usually have a half a day to a day set aside. I will schedule to write because for me, writer's block isn't that I can't think of it. It's a, I don't want to do it. I don't like words anymore. I don't want to write it. Never mind. And then I've got to give myself time to get past that and then to sit down and do my work. And are there times where you sort of break maybe a plot problem you had or you find a way of saying something that delights you? Do you celebrate it all while you're writing or do you know in the moment like, oh, yeah, this is this is a really good one right here? No, I, I will get happy. I had one book, not while Justice Sleeps, I had another book where I, my character was supposed to be going out onto a cliff and she ended up in a cave. 
And I had no idea why she was there. And it took like three days to figure it out. But when I realized why she was there, it made perfect sense. So I sometimes have to wait for the plot to reveal itself to me in greater detail. And how much uh, do they come to you uh, with the cover of a book? Like how many different versions do you see before you sign off? This was actually the very first cover they recommended. I thought it was, I thought it was evocative of the story and it was really awesome to see my name on the book. But I, when, I really loved the colors. I just thought it was a really well done cover and the team at Doubleday has been amazing to work with. What, uh, on the Selena Montgomery books, was there no author photo on the back of the book oh. jacket? Oh, no, no, my, my face is in every one of my books. When I say that nobody cared, this was not self-deprecation. It just, <laughs> nobody cared. Uh, well, it's a very, so was it, it was a similar, it was something like this, but it just right here said uh, Selena Montgomery. Yes. And then if you look at the copyright, it said Stacey Abrams. <laughs> I feel like they're going to pull you in front of the Senate for that. I feel like they're <laughs> going to have a lot of questions about that. I, I will I will refer them to this show for answers because that's what everyone should do. Oh, well, it'll be nice for you to talk about this show. I will talk about this show so much from now on. Uh, Stacy, if that's your real name, it is always a delight to see you. Congratulations on the book. Seth, thank you so much, and thank you for being so generous and such a tremendous show. <laughs> nice try. Well, Justice Sleep is available now wherever books are sold, but please support your local and independent bookstores. Late Night with Seth Meyers airs weeknights on NBC at 12.35, 11.35 Central. Original music on the Late Night podcast is by the HE Band. Don't forget to follow the handle Late Night Seth on social media and tell your friends to subscribe to the Late Night podcast wherever they get their podcasts. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.